Absolutely. And I don't usually have guests on this show, but when I met um, our friend that told me about you and that mm-hmm. you would be interested in coming on, I was just really excited because uh, it just is something new and um, something fun. And uh, I know that you are a you are a social media influencer. You're like one of those people that has like tons and tons of followers on Instagram. Yes. And um, can you just like tell tell us a little bit about your background? Okay, so um, yeah, I like to say I'm an Instagram star. <laughs> and I'm an entrepreneur and a model and an author. And um, how I became known on social media was actually kind of funny, right? Um, so um, one of my pictures went viral. So a rapper, you know, posted one of my pictures and kind of was like bashing me or whatever and like so from then on like everybody found me like people knew you know who I was so like that is one reason that I'm kind of known like people they recognize my look and I guess like they have so much shit to say (laughs) so um so after um the rapper posted me on the page I mean, on his page, and, you know, I got a lot of publicity. Then I was invited to go to a couple shows. Like, I was on the Dr. Oz show. I was recently on Bosch TV, you know, and I also did a segment on Telemundo. I don't know if you heard of the Spanish network. So it's like my look kind of went, like, super viral on and off of social media. So that is a little bit about Miss Miami. And so what I did was I ended up writing a book since people had so many questions. Um, I ended up writing a book which is entitled, I am not my body, but I wanted a bigger butt just to let people know just a little bit more about me, uh, more than what they see on social media. Yeah. Tell me a little bit about that botched thing. Like what, what happened with that? Okay. So, um, botched reached out to me, of course, because my look always go viral. So when they reached out to me, they told me they wanted, um, pretty much a celebrity segment where, um, I talk about, my cosmetic procedure that I had and that, um, and we talk about changes that I may want to make. So in my book and also being known, I always, I made it be known that I did enhance my body about 10 or 11 years ago, you know, over 10, 11 years ago when I was in college. And, um, yeah. So (laughs) writing the book was just to build the awareness about, the subject because you know cosmetic surgery and women were altering our bodies that's not going anywhere so and just to, like i say let people you know give people just the insight on my world as well like i don't want to make it seem like 
I'm an Instagram model and I'm perfect. Like I have no problems. You know what I'm saying? And I'm just like super perfect. But I, I just kind of let people know what you know what people really deal with, and you can still make a you can still make a name for yourself and leave a legacy as well as have gone through as much as I went through. Now it was um it was your butt, it was your booty, and you wanted a big booty. Yes, it's my, it's my and, I wanted a big booty. And it what happened? It came out too big. I mean, well, over the years of getting it, yes. Well, some people think it's too big, but so it wasn't oh, just one surgery; it was a bunch of them. Yes, I went six times. So, in the procedure that I, that I received, which is called butt injections. Um, the procedure that I received, which is illegal, by the way, and um, yeah, so lots of cops like listen to the show. They're, <laughs> they're going to be investigating. I mean, well, no, they're not going <laughs> to arrest me or anything, but it is not a procedure that doctors will do. So it's more of like a black market kind of thing that you do under the table, you know, underground so booty injections. Under yes, wow. yeah. All right. No, that's um so you did this and then what happened? So I did that when I was in college and at the time I was a dancer and uh my life was great. Like my life was great for for years. Like I made money, I was pretty, I had a big booty, you know what I'm trying to say. And, <laughs> and it's just over the years changes in how I look and in my body became, you know, evident, you know. It, we talking years, years later. So I guess, um, like I say, like it was important for me being an influencer and kind of, I can't lie, making money off my look. It still was important for me to not make it seem like everything is all perfect once you go have these procedures. You know what I'm saying? I felt obligated to let women know, or not even just women, let everyone know just potential risks seen or unseen that could happen with illegal procedures and legal ones as well. So over time, it started it's an causing... illegal procedure, but it's very popular. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've read about it and um, seen it. And uh, so over time, it started to cause problems for you. Is that what happened? Well, yeah, more for, for me, physical problems. Like, so my, my butt is not as... you. It don't sit up like it was when I was, you know, 15. <laughs> so I'm like, yeah, and, and like, so my butt changed colors. So I had more like physical imperfections, you know what I'm saying? And uh, luckily, you no know, health risks. Some women, they have, may have health risks. Like, I don't know if you heard of the singer, like Kate Michelle. Like, she, I guess she had health risks and other things. So it, things affect people differently. So, you know. That's why I shared my experience. Well, that's cool because, um, you know, I'm doing this uh, series called Overcoming Self-Doubt. And I'm just wondering, Courtney, was there a time that you started to feel depressed or felt like you made a mistake? And um, how? And if so, how uh, did you overcome that? Okay, so since we're talking about my butt, because I'm not going to lie, I made a lot of mistakes. I'm one of those people that kind of like... Me too. I'm, Join the club. <laughs> I'm not... A lot. Yeah, I'm not embarrassed of, you know... I've lived a full life. I'm just going to say that. You can't be embarrassed so, about your mistakes. It's how we help other people, you know? 
Exactly. So when it came to my butt, it's kind of crazy. It's a catch-22. When I first started seeing the imperfections, yes, I was really down and depressed. Okay, um, I was really down and depressed about the changes and how it looked. And I do want to say, I talk about it in my book, there was something that actually happened to where I had to end up going back and get my butt bigger. So when people read my book, they'll end up seeing that, like, in my mind, I'm like, okay, this is my last time that I'm going to go. I look perfect. I look exactly how I want to look. But something ended up happening after I left the lady until I had to go back and I had to try to get a little more added to make me even out my butt. And that kind of devastated me because, you know, kind of wanting too much. I was just looking as good as I did. So when I went through that situation at first, that was the first time I was depressed about my butt. I didn't want to go back to the club and work. I didn't want to do nothing. But I got over that because, I mean, it still wasn't that bad. But here it goes fast forward seven, eight years later. Now I started having other changes with like the color of it and how, you know, it, it looks and it droops a little more. So it's like, but by that time, I think because I had already went through the disappointment of going back an extra time, by the time I started seeing actual physical changes in my butt, I was, um, I, I think I was prepared for that. And I had friends that went through the procedure at the same time. They were going and they were getting sick. And they were going to try to get it removed. So although my situation was not how I wanted it to be, I knew girls that was going through a little worse. So um, it helped me cope. I can't lie about that. Like, it did help me cope a bit. But no. yeah, I mean, a part, of, a, a part of me for a while, I was down and depressed about that. But this was all before I was even known on social media. This so was you before didn't... I even created a social media account. By the time, no, go ahead, go ahead. No, you go ahead. But um, well, it's like this. I was just gonna ask. This is before you blew up on social media that all this happened. Yeah, yeah. So by the time I blew up on social media, actually, I went into social media with the mindset of, I'm not perfect. I'm not the prettiest girl. I don't have to. You know, I'm older now, and I don't have the best body work. But you know what? I know my strong points, and it's just something was urging me. It was. It was just telling me that. Social media would be my thing. And I guess I was a bit right. I used I used the rapper talking about me to help me blow myself up, you know, because I do. I did get a lot of haters from that as well. Well, that's uh, usually a sign that you're doing a good thing when you got haters. So <laughs> you put um, so you started putting pictures on Instagram and this rapper. Uh, can you say which rapper it is? Yeah. The first one was Wale. You, you remember Wale? The the. Well, he's a, he's I mainly African listen American to uh, electronic dance music, but uh, <laughs> but well, when, when you Google him, you'll 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 know. But yeah, it was Wale, and um, I can't lie. You know who Fifty Cent is? Well, of course. Okay, so recently Fifty Cent posted a video of me on his Instagram. Oh, awesome. Like Snoop Dogg posted a picture of awesome. like I had people post video of my pictures and they reposted and stuff. So it's like. I guess I make them go all or wow or <laughs> that is so cool. So this ended up going from what you thought was a negative and actually turned into a positive. It sounds. 
Yes. Yes. As far as for me, um, as far as from what was important to me, because when I was posting the pictures on social media, I had a regular job then. I just, I, I was miserable. You know what I'm saying? I used to get on social media. I admired watching other people kind of live their dream. Uh-huh. It's important for me to kind of like, you know, have freedom of time and, you know, and actually like what I do. So when, um, it's almost was a blessing in disguise, you know, I, I did not ever think I would be social media kind of famous. I never really even liked to be popular. People would not even believe naturally I'm an introvert. So like going through all of this really, um, took me it made took me at my comfort zone and to where like certain things look easy but to to get to a certain level that I wanted to be at or try to go through certain experiences like I have to kind of sometimes put myself in a position that I'm not comfortable in but the reward is just so much greater than being scared you know now this uh this going viral thing did this happen like Boom. Like, like I've heard of how it happens. Um, I haven't exactly – well, I experienced something kind of like it at one point. I had a whole bunch of people just, boom, start following me on Spreaker within, like, three days. But did your uh, follower list go from, like, a couple hundred to, like, hundreds of thousands, like, within just, like, a couple days? Okay, so, so that first one going with Wale, yes, that – that took me, that made me pretty big. That was my first big wave because when when he posted me on my page, I ended up replying back. So I was really like, if this was on like blogs, it was like, especially like popular music blogs, you know, like, you know, people like Shade Room. And uh, as a matter of fact, you know, you heard of The Breakfast Club, right? Uh, the Breakfast Club radio show, yeah. Yeah, with, with Charlamagne the God. Yeah. Like, after me and Wale went through that, the next day they mentioned me on The Breakfast Club. That's how viral it was because oh, me that's and so cool. Wale kind of, like, talk shit back and forth to each other. So it's like, it really went viral. So I did probably gain from maybe 2,000 to maybe 70,000. But after that, it was a lot of my videos going viral or other... Um, entertainers maybe posting me and and not i was supposed to have more followers a lot of people don't tag me but people find me you know that is so cool so um how did you feel like after you first after you like saw you're like boom something happened and you're on the radio and stuff i mean you say you were you're an introvert were you kind of like nervous or something like that or um no, no, I told you, I was miserable on my job. So it's crazy. Like, um, like <laughs> I have a really crazy personality. Like when I'm like, if my back is against the wall or in certain situations, I feel like I kind of thrive in them. So like my, my phone was ringing very early in the morning. Like I, I, um, I didn't have to be to work at eight or nine o'clock. So my friends who had to be to work at nine, they were calling me like, girl, you're on the radio. They talking about you. I'm like, they're waking me up. I'm like, what you talking about? They're like, you got to turn on Brett and stuff. So when I That's heard so cool. it, I like screamed. I almost felt like I made it. <laughs> Heck yeah. <laughs> only, <laughs> only because it's like, damn, okay, I can excite that much conversation. 
who are like they talking about me on the show. I really need to explore this. Like this is not, you know what I'm saying? Like I really need it. But I was scared to go to work now. I was scared to go back to work because <laughs> I worked a really like really traditional job. So I thought they were going to fire me. Oh, psh, who needs it anyway? <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean no, but that's like a real thing though. And I was going to ask you about this because it's like you know, like I do this podcast, and I sometimes talk about things that uh, are a little things that pe- not everybody agrees on. And sometimes I wonder because I'm not. This is not something I get paid to do right now. This is something I do uh, for fun. And sometimes I wonder: um, is my um, social media and podcast um, persona not that it's not that I change who I am really, but uh, Mm -hmm. is that going to somehow interfere with getting jobs? Like I think about this, like what if somebody, um, here's my podcast, here's something, an opinion on there. Right. uh, right. Cause today, you know, when you're going for a job and stuff like that, people are all looking at your social media and stuff. And um, I I think about that. Like what if I say something or uh, something there is something they don't agree with. And that kind of right. that kind of muzzles me sometimes, and I've deleted podcasts before because I was concerned with what other people would think. So right. that's cool you brought that up. How did you get around that with um, balancing your new social media life with uh, with your job, your real job? Right. Okay. So back then, I'm not gonna lie. Um, I, I I went to work. I kept my social media like private. So if somebody asked me, do I have Instagram? No, I don't. That is one thing. And um like at work and especially like how I dress on social media, especially to get certain kind of attention. I'm totally different at work. So I tried to maybe I, I just tried to stay like really in plain sight but behind the scenes. Um but luckily no one noticed any of my videos until because somebody asked me, they saw the same picture that the rapper post. And when I was leaving that week that I was leaving, this one younger girl was like, man, I used to see this picture everywhere. And I just have to ask you, is this you? It looks just like <laughs> you. And it was me. Oh, I'm so, so cool. glad I was out the freaking door. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. That's awesome. So uh, just try to keep it separate, to be honest. That's it. Just trying to keep it separate. And now you're doing what you love. You you don't have the the nine to five anymore. You're selling books. You're doing uh, stuff like that. I mean, right? That's yes, yes. That's now awesome. now I'm doing what I love. I, I feel like I always wanted to make money being myself. I never used to know what myself is, but like I admire what you do because I'm a creative as well. I was operating a podcast as well. I mean, it's, I, I need to get my stuff and popping. But a couple months ago, I was running a pop, uh, podcast as well. And I just like the, the the time that we live in to where we can make money off of our phone. We can find, if we do enough research, we can find a way to incorporate who we really are into what we do. Like, I'm, I don't want to work just the dead end job anymore. You know what I'm saying? Like that. I want to be fulfilled and I want to feel like I help people as well. This is what you're doing is actually helping people. I didn't really feel like that at a job. So maybe that was what I was working. Everybody may not relate to me, you know, but that was how I was feeling. I think we have this thing where it's like, oh, yeah, we'd like to do 
whatever we want to do, but then I'll come back to reality, you know? And I think like you tell, you tell kids like, Oh, it's not like you're going to be a, an NBA player or a famous rapper or something, you know, go and do your math homework and stuff. Well, you know, I'm not saying to go like drop out of school or anything like that, but I mean, there's, there's gotta be a balance there between, Right. Doing what you need to do to get the money you need to get to pay the bills, stuff right. like that. And then also um, pursuing what you love. And um, right. that's so cool that you you are able to to cross over to that and uh, and do that. Now, you said when you came out um, and uh, and blew up on social media, went viral, that you had some some haters come out. And, uh, yeah. you know, I've I've. I've got not gotten like viral, but I've dealt with haters and I'll be honest, I I struggle with a thin skin. Like <laughs> I I I hate that I do that, but for like every like 10 people that will tell me that I did a good job, if one person, you know, cuts me down, that's the person I'll listen to. And right. I don't know if you're the same way, um but how did you did, was there a time where you read a comment or had somebody say something to you on social media because everybody gets so ready to say things that never say to your face on, on social media yes, did you ever yes. have somebody criticize you and it really uh, it really got to you um yes and I mean and I'll say the getting to me it okay. Things get to me sometimes because I still am human and I have my own issues outside of social media. You know what I'm saying? So, like, um, social media is like a blessing and a curse because it could trigger me. I wake up sometime on the wrong side of the bed and then it could be something that is it could be something that's true. Oh, your hair is curled messed up today like and i'm gonna snap you know what i'm saying so i but i have heard comments that uh made me feel some kind of way just because of i feel like i woke up or i, I was in an emotional state you know what i'm saying normally i try to be logical or especially when people talk a lot i, I didn't i never really like to hurt people or talk down on people so um but i can't lie i get it like i i, I get it and i think a lot of time in my life I play sports, so a lot of people don't really know I'm competitive. So you can say whatever you want to say, but you want to be in my position. Like, do you know how many people want to go viral? You know what I'm saying? Even if another, you know how people want to get posted by another rapper, even if they're talking good or bad. So I do, I'm not mad at the person because I, I think I'm, a, I'm able to acknowledge that it is jealousy, but I, I am human. And sometimes I just don't feel like dealing with somebody else. So I, I, and I'm aggressive. So sometimes I want to release my anger on somebody too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so did you, um, did you ever have a time where, let me ask you this, Courtney. Um, do you ever have to, do you ever get feedback from people with shows you do or any certain things you do? And, uh, have you ever had somebody say something to you that was like constructive criticism that you could use? And how do you distinguish between the, the stuff that, cause obviously this is coming from people that have not gone viral yeah. and have not, that right. are not where you are. So right. have you, um, have you ever had a time where there was somebody that gave you good criticism 
that was something you took and like, oh, yeah, that is a good point. And how do you uh, sort out between the stuff that's just the hating stuff and the stuff that uh, actually, oh, wow, that that person might have a point. And that would go to somebody online or or somebody even in your personal life. Right. Uh, Okay. So, no, it is hard sometimes to differentiate from constructive criticism um, and what could be hating. But luckily, I think one thing about myself, I don't know if you're into astrology, but I'm a Sagittarius. So I, I like, honestly, a lot of people think that I like people who are yes men, but I like to be challenged. I like to debate. So the only way I'm able to really recognize when something is constructive criticism is when someone is critiquing me on something to help me be better, not on my look. Uh, so a lot of times, a lot of people will uh. critique me on my look and say like, oh, your teeth are messed up and you got braces, but that's not constructive criticism to me. That's not helping me get better because I could be a millionaire with fucking teeth. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Oh, but, yeah. <laughs> if, <laughs> but if a person were to tell me, like I, like when I first started interviewing, um, even now I'm trying to get better as a verbal communicator. But when I first started interviewing, like I was horrible at communicating. They were like, oh, um, you come off as really aggressive. You come off like... Um, you automatically dim- dismiss what people say. Those type of things were were constructive to me because if they were if they were seeing that, I felt like if the rest of my audience was seeing that and I didn't want them to see it, I it started to make me look inward to see what can I do different or what would make me. So if something could help me out, and I'm pretty logical, so if I know it's something that's true, then okay. But what people choose to try to do is try to target me and talk down on me and try to hurt me and tell me that that's constructive. No, it's not, you know, because now you're going to put me in defensive mode. I tell people I won't play defense if you're not playing offense. You know what I'm saying? So if we just go have a conversation. Then that's good. But if I got to play defense, baby, I told you I'm competitive. You know, we can play. <laughs> yeah, I think there comes a point where you just have to. Yeah, you have to stand your ground. I'm just learning this that, hey, you know, say what you mean, mean what you say, be who you are and right. move forward. And uh, have you ever thought that uh, that something you put up might make you lose followers? Have you ever had a thought that, oh, no, I've I got all these followers and I've got popularity now. What what if I lose it or anything like that? Or are you just able to focus and just move forward and just let the chips fall where they may? Yeah, no, their thoughts. I, their, I would lie if I look. Everybody want millions of followers. OK, I'm supposed to already be at my millions of followers. Yeah, and you're almost honest, there. I am almost there, but it's so hard to get over that. I feel like Instagram playing with me. There, <laughs> no, playing even, a game. <laughs> when I was on Bosch, that was a time where I knew I was going to lose followers. I knew that that was going to put me in a light that would um, make me take a hit in a way. But I was weighing what was beneficial for me. Like, see, everybody, people are worried about the wrong things. So, now, I do admit the way I may expose myself on that show, a lot of people don't really have tough skin. But at the same time, I'm the type of person see it and believe it. You know what I'm trying to say? So that's my story. I, I put it out there. 
when I went on there, that was the biggest platform that I could be on that pushed my book and my podcast. We had a mock podcast on there and they showed my book and they told people where to buy. You know what I'm saying? I know it's not like I had to get outside my comfort zone to put myself in that position, you know? So that's what it was to me, for me. I mean, and, and it's not about just the publicity of me showing my body or me showing me. It's about me showing my work. Yes, people see one side of me, but at the same time, that was a show that really showed the other side. You know what I'm saying? So, hey, I mean, I knew I was going to lose followers, but, you know, the people that mind, it, that don't matter. You know what I'm saying? That's awesome. That's awesome. Now the yeah, because there's lots of um, women out there that post pictures of their body on Instagram, and they're not all going viral. So there's definitely something more to you, Courtney. There's no doubt about that. Um, and uh, so your book, where can it, I find the book? It's on Amazon. Yes, Amazon. I tell people the easiest way: type in Courtney Barnes. I am not my body, but I wanted a bigger butt. Or I'm not my body, but I wanted a bigger butt. But you have to type in. It's easier when you type in the full name. And my book is really interesting. It does not only talk about butt injections. I mean, it's it, it, the center of it is because I talk about where I was in my life when I was receiving butt injections. But I was in college and I was a stripper. Like, do you know how exciting that is? People need to go out there and read that book, especially if they have a freaking daughter. You know what I'm saying? Because, like, I mean, before I, I did, I became a stripper when I was 22 years old. So I was working jobs already. It was like the same thing. <laughs> it was almost, it was the same thing, like, after I stopped stripping. I was already working a full-time job, 40 hours a week, trying to go to class, trying to stay in school and stay motivated and do what people tell you don't do I didn't come from a family that prepared me for for college financially and they couldn't help me when I was there financially you know what I'm saying so um yeah I feel like it is a great read because it will let people know a lot of the decisions that women are faced with because stripping was not actually the worst thing like to that I could have chose like to be honest yeah, it was you know, the I, best I, but <laughs> I wonder if I, you know, had a hot body, like, <laughs> what could I do with it? You know, <laughs> and, and I guess I'm not put in that situation where I'd have to decide that. But, uh, you know, luckily you're a man. Luckily you're a man because um, not talking it down on men, but as women, well, I'm put like when I was faced with the choice of dancing. I knew men out there, but like they only wanted to do things for me when I slept with them. So I kind of rather I look like I don't want to just sleep with a man just because I want him to do something for me. I rather not have to sleep with a man, but maybe go dance naked or show my body because that's that's dancing, you know, sleeping with is something else. So, you know, you never people don't know the choices, the position that a lot of women are in, you know. Yeah, you don't know unless you've walked in that person's shoes. I mean, you don't know. And uh, about the uh, the book, were you – it's hard for me to sit down and focus on something all the way to the end. I don't know if it's that same way with you. But with the book, uh, how did you go about writing it and finishing the whole thing? And Finish, I'm not going to make it seem like that 
it's easy to finish. No, it is it is not easy to finish something you start. But I think the thing for me, there were I told you I I failed a lot at things. And I did not want this to be something I didn't fail at because I did not finish what I started. A lot of times I failed at things because I did not finish what I started. You know what I'm saying? So um I outlined I, once I knew my topic. I actually wrote my last chapter first. I, I read that somewhere. So I wrote my last chapter first, oh. and it kind of gave me a tone of how I wanted the rest to go. So luckily, I, I have this thing where when I'm really into something, I could hone, I could spend too much time doing something. And then after I lose interest, I back away from it. So that's how it was with my book. But by the time my interest kind of dwindled, I was almost halfway through with my book. So at that time, I began, I first would write it and then I would type it out on a computer, but I began to speak it into my notes. And then, you know, once I transferred it in the computer, that was an easier method to me. So, um, yeah, but making a deadline and kind of um, just keeping something in the back of my mind, why I didn't want to fail. You know what I'm saying? It wasn't about nobody else because let's just be honest. A lot of people say people not reading books anymore. And I knew I wasn't going to be instant success, but I know that even after I'm gone, people are going to be able to read about me <laughs> and my situation. Absolutely. And you fail at 100% of the projects you don't finish. I should take that, write it on an index card and stick it right on my computer. And I can quote you on that, right? Yes, you definitely can. All right. Courtney Barnes, Ms. Miami, it's been such a pleasure to have you on the show. And you can listen to this show, Imagination, on Google Podcasts and Apple Podcasts. Subscribe and leave a like and a comment. And what are your socials, Courtney? Okay, yeah. Follow me on YouTube and Instagram at Miss Miami TV. You can go to my website, MissMiamiTV.com. And I want to say my Twitter is MissMiamiTV as well. So, yeah, hit me up. Yes. All right. Thanks so much, Courtney. This is. Bye bye. This is Chris Nelson. Thanks for listening.